Welcome to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a ridiculously awesome podcast bursting with insightful commentaries and intriguing conversations on the topics and issues that are on the minds of marketers, advertisers, social media, and PR professionals today. Hey everybody, how are you? This is Bob Cargill from Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. Yes, Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, my podcast that I have been hosting for over five years. Yes, over five years. And I hold my hand up for those of you who can see me. I am broadcasting live on Facebook and you see my broken finger. I'll tell you more about that in just a minute or two. But Over five years, I've been hosting Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a podcast that is hosted on the platform Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com, Podbean.com. That's where I host my podcast, but it is available to you wherever you listen to podcasts. It's been online long enough that you'll be able to find it. Yes, on Spotify, on iHeart, Radio, TuneIn, etc. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you should be able to find Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. You are listening to it right now. Right now it is, what is it, Wednesday? (laughs) I had to think just for a half a second there. Wednesday, July 12, 2023. And this is episode 174 of Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. Five plus years have we been on, and I am proud of that. I really am. When I started this podcast, I remember thinking, oh, you know, I'll give it a shot. Podcasting is hot, and I do all kinds of content from from YouTube to, to Twitter to even threads, which we'll be talking about in a minute or two or three as well. So why not a podcast? And that's what I started. And that's what I still get going on. And I thank you for listening. I thank you for watching. Whoever is watching, whoever is listening, I appreciate you. And I hope you are happy, healthy, safe, and sound. Very, very, very important. First and foremost is our health. So hope you're happy, healthy, safe, and sound. Yes, on this Wednesday, July 12th, 2020. Three on this hot Wednesday, July 12, 2023, about 90 degrees here in the Boston area, Sudbury, Massachusetts, to be exact, is where I'm coming from. You, my home office behind me. Again, if you're watching, you can see my wall here in my home office, and it's a reflection of a lot of what I've done during the course of my career, including having written this book right here, 20 Jobs, 20 Lessons, right here, 20 Jobs, 20 Lessons. And maybe we can talk about that today, too, a little bit. Let's talk briefly. So this is a marketing show, but I talk about not just marketing. I talk about social media. I talk about business. talk about what I do for a living, what I have done for a living up until now. Hey, and I'll talk about you, too, if you jump on on Facebook Live, where we are recording this as I speak. I'll 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 accept questions. I would love to to see you there and and hear from you there. But yeah, what I'm doing today, just so you know, I'm recording into my phone on the Podbean app, and that will be the audio portion, which I'll upload later on, and that will be available as the audio podcast, episode 174. But I'm also recording on Facebook Live on my business page, Bob Cargill, and that's an experimentation just to 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 have it going in a couple different places, one live and one to be played later, be, to be shared later, 
published later and and hopefully plagued by lots and lots and lots of you out there listening um, at some point down the road, and, and it will be there forever till what is it per- perpetuity in perpetuity? I think that's the expression. But yeah, so it's a marketing show, but I talk about things that you know are relative to my life, not just professionally but personally. And look at the finger; you can see it's taped up, and I actually have this this. Uh, uh, Velcro uh, that goes around it, uh, splint that I am supposed to wear, but the doctor said he knew I would take it off from to time from time to time, and it's actually feeling good enough today, at this moment, to have taken that that splint off, and because it's been five or six weeks almost now since since I broke the finger in two places and had six stitches right here, which is totally healed in the palm of my hand, falling down while running in the woods. While it was raining, while it was getting dark, while it was thunder, in and lightning, in. <laughs> and yeah, I was running a little too fast and tried to jump over a, a, a flooded trail, fell on wood real hard, wood as in logs and sticks, and, and cut the hand and broke the finger in two different places. So that's where we are right now, how it started almost six weeks ago, how it is right now. Much, much better. But that's the hand. So if you see me with the tape around my hand, that that's why. Broken in two places, which will take quite a while. The finger is, okay, the ring finger, just right here. I'm trying to, yeah, right there, boom and, and boom. Um, so that's where we're at. And other things going on in, in my world, just to update you, it's been a little while since we've talked via my podcast and, and certainly since I've done a Facebook Live. So... It's the summer, yes, July 12th. Yes, Bob, that would be the summer. One of uh, uh, two hot, hot months of the year that we are in the middle of, and that's being July and August. And I have a little bit of downtime. Yay. And I wouldn't call it downtime necessarily because that's when I catch up on all that I haven't been able to do um, during the school year. And I say school year because I teach at the college level now at three different schools. I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be an adjunct professor at Northeastern University, Suffolk University, and Mass College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences, all three in Boston. But yes, I am in between semesters right now. Fall semester starts, obviously, um, in the fall, September. Maybe that's a little bit before, technically, fall, late summer, should we say. And I do have a small teaching gig for a couple of days this this summer, um, which I'm very excited about, but won't go into the details on here and now. But so I do keep very, very busy during the summer. Um and 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 yeah, a lot of that though. Besides that teaching gig I got um special very special teaching gig I got coming up uh late July, early August. I have to catch up on a lot of things like you know Paperwork, that kind of thing. Um, what haven't I been tending to with regard to re, with regard to bills, finances, finances, personal finances? Um, so I just turned to magic age. I'll I'll say it. You know, no no hiding it. Uh, my my age, sixty five. So that means I am eligible. Yeah, I want to talk about this. It does tie back to marketing. I'm eligible for Medicare, and. That means my health insurance gets changed, and and I have to accept that. In fact, I'm 65. Yes, you can see if you're watching, gray gray whiskers that that betrays my age a little bit. 
Hopefully not much else does because I am as active as ever and, and running as much as ever, if not more than ever, and, and for my age, pretty competitively, I do, if I do say so myself. But, yeah, I've done a lot of paperwork since I turned 65 on July 1. And here's what I'll say, turning it back to marketing. Is insurance companies, uh, banks, uh, without going into detail who I've been dealing with with regard to where I'm getting my insurance and where I have to get my insurance and the websites I've been visiting and phone calls I've been making and voicemail messages I may have been receiving or may have had to leave. So complicated. Bottom line, it all could be made simpler and easier for the consumer. And that would be me in this case, but that might be you down the road. Could be you right now, depending on your age, your where you are in your journey in life. But I'm guessing you know what I'm talking about when I say if you've ever tried to pick up the phone and reach someone at a company when you're the customer, when you're the consumer, and I'm not talking about B2B in the professional marketing world, for instance. No, I'm talking about just our day-to-day lives when we're doing personal things and we have to call a company and get customer service. It ain't easy. I'll go on a website and they want us to do something like order. It isn't always easy. All I'm saying is the customer experience is everything. We know that in marketing. And now more than ever, because so much of marketing is done online, we need to focus. And when I say we, I mean the industry. And I do feel... In fact, I've been in marketing for so long and that I teach marketing that I can speak for the marketing industry. We need to be able to do a better job for the consumer. So marketing professionals who will be tuning into this show, are tuning into this show, you, me, all of us need to put on our consumer hats and think how we would feel being treated the way we treat when we have our marketing hats on, those people who are wearing their consumer hats, if what I just said makes sense. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Treat others the way we want to be treated. And think of the customer experience, and that's everything. It's not necessarily the price of what you have to sell. It's not necessarily who you are as a business or a brand. What can make a difference in your success or failure is how you treat the customer, especially in 2023, because there are so many comparably good products and services, okay? There are so many comparably priced products and services. So where you can separate yourself from the competition as a business or a brand, no matter what you sell, no matter what you have to offer, is a customer experience, a better customer experience, an easy customer experience, a friendly customer experience, a seamless customer experience, a frictionless customer experience. That's when you can make a huge difference. That's when you can separate yourself from the competition and exponentially 
separate yourself from them such that you succeed big time and maybe over time they fail completely. Not that that's what you want. I think there's room enough in most industries for everybody to succeed on some level. But in today's competitive day and age, all I'm saying is don't be the one to fail because you don't offer good customer experience. And I'm saying my customer experience, not naming any particular company or brand and not really saying anyone has been better or worse um, in a big way than another, I'll generalize. They all could make their website experience better. And absolutely they all could make the process of calling them and talking to somebody and getting the help you need, they could make that much, much better. And I think of all the people who I'm thinking of my mom, who's 92, who pretty much you know only does call, isn't able to go online or maybe visit in person. Think of those people who have to call and have to get in queue and wait for so long for somebody and then to get shuffled on to another department where they might not have the answer or you might have to go through that automated. Oh, first of all, you get, you know, all our operators and you wonder, oh, how many is that? Is that, you know, one? Is that two? Is that three? Is it a hundred? I don't know. All our operators are particularly busy right now, so you'll have to you know, wait on hold, and and if you want us to call you, you know, press one, and we'll call you back later on. You know, it, it's never ending. It can be a never ending cycle of of phone calls and voicemail and frustration and futility. <laughs> Have I vented enough? Marketers take note. And again, I'm in marketing. I teach marketing, and I will tell my students, and they do hear from me frequently about real world case studies. And my real-world experience, okay, since turning 65 and dealing with figuring out my insurance ain't been pleasant. So anyone who's about to turn 65 or even if you're years away, remember what I'm telling you and be prepared for it in terms of getting all your paperwork in order and dealing with those companies that you're going to have to deal with. I'm looking at some notes in front of me. Random number of things will I be talking about in the next, let's say, 20 minutes, half an hour. This is Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. I said episode 174. Often I do interviews. Sometimes I do short little riffs, short little videos. This will be a longer one, short little audio recordings. This will be a longer monologue and and certainly not a short one. Um, I'm looking at 14 minutes and 54 seconds on my Podbean app as it records me. I'm looking at you, whoever's watching live, and that says 1444, 45, 46 on Facebook. So we're probably going to go for 30, 40 minutes or so. So hope you're with me that whole time. Hope to see more of you joining me as this time goes by and hope it's a good experience for you. And like I say, if you have any questions and I see them, I will answer them and I will say hello to you. If I see you by name, I will say, hey, like if my wife Barb is watching, I'll say, hey, Barb, so happy you're here. And I'm happy anyone is here watching, listening. Let's talk about AI. Yes. Are you okay with AI? 
I talk about artificial intelligence, chat GPT, and the like. It took the world by storm in the last few months. It has taken the world by storm, but it's been around for a long time. Getting ready to surface, it has surfaced in a big way now, and it is going to touch all our lives, professionally and personally. Whether you're a teacher like me now, or a consultant like me a little bit, that's what I do now, or in business like me a little bit, (laughs) what I do now, what I've done most of my career, pretty much regardless of what you do, it will affect you in some way, certainly if you're a knowledge worker. You can either be fascinated or frightened, um, or both. I'm particularly fascinated by it. I'm not frightened. I know a lot of people are. We have to learn how it works. We have to embrace it, and we have to realize that, hey, when the Internet came around 20-plus years ago, that was in social media following, et cetera, et cetera, and cell phones, et cetera, et cetera. You know, technology can be scary at first, but if we embrace it, if we learn to use it appropriately, if there are enough regulations, parameters around it, it will enhance our lives. It will improve our lives. But yes, there will be a transition period. So what I tell my students, use it if you're using it ethically, honestly, transparently, okay? And also us as teachers, school administrators, businesses, managers, government officials, anyone in a leadership position, parents, we need to learn it and we need to educate those around us. And we need to set down guidelines and parameters and regulations and laws because very quickly... Will it permeate society in terms of how we communicate, how we share information? Again, it already is to a degree. And it could be used for, it could be used improperly. It could be used dishonestly. It could be used illegally, unethically. I think I already said that. It can be used for dangerous purposes, the wrong reasons. So we need to make sure, and I say we, anyone in a leadership position, that we understand it, that we learn it ourselves, and that we stay ahead of it, okay? And anyone going into the workforce now will probably find that AI eventually, if not very quickly, is part of their job to some degree. So it's going to be taught in schools. And as a professor, I need to incorporate it into my curriculum, and I most certainly will. I probably couldn't have the career I have had, as detailed in my book, 20 Jobs, 20 Lessons, available on Amazon, um, self-published about a year ago, debuted around this time, yeah, June of 2022. We'll talk a little bit about my book again before all is said and done today. I probably wouldn't have the career I have had as a copywriter, as a creative director, if chat GPT, if AI, generative AI programs, products, etc., like we now have available to us, were available to us then. Because generative AI 
writing copy, creating content is going to be able to do quite a bit of what writers like me did back in the day, already can do quite a bit that writers like me did back in the day. But it will take time, thankfully, for companies, for businesses, for industries, for society to figure out how to use it, again, appropriately, properly, honestly, ethically, legally. So during that transition period, again, leaders need to learn how to use it, embrace it, and set down the rules, okay? People entering the workforce, people already in the workforce, need to learn it and will gradually, will have it gradually incorporated into their job to varying or various degrees in different ways, shapes, and forms. And again, especially if you're a knowledge worker. So generative AI, and that's chat, GPT, and the like, Google Bard, etc. You can't ignore it. Ignore it at your own peril. It is here and probably, definitely <laughs> here to stay. To what degree, we don't know. Time will tell. But time is of the essence in terms of me, you, all of us, understanding it, learning it, talking about it, embracing it, and setting down some guidelines, some guardrails with regard to how to use it. That's my take. I'm not afraid of it. I'm fascinated by it, and I can't wait, and I'm not kidding, to start to use it a little bit, certainly start to teach it a little bit, and to see how my students use it. And they need to know how they're using it. That's very, very important. And by the way, there are AI detection tools, chat GPT detection tools, etc., and the like. Um, we need to learn all of the above. And, and again, especially those of us in leadership positions, that's my two cents worth of, of thoughts, feelings, advice on generative AI. Threads. Threads. Don't tell me you haven't heard of Threads. The fastest growing app in history. Threads. <laughs> so, yeah, and I actually mean that as a laugh. Um, I don't take it that seriously. Um, yeah, um, Mark Zuckerberg's knockoff, if you will, um, his his version, if you will, of, of Elon Musk's Twitter um, – and I don't mean that, you know, personally that it's it's Mark versus Elon. No. Or Facebook versus Twitter. No. Um, threads versus Twitter. Um, I'm talking about social media platforms, social media channels. And the fact that Threads debuted, what was it, last week? And yeah, I even got on it on day one. But I get on it like everybody else. You know, it's, it's, it's a new social media channel. Facebook's powerful, Meta's powerful, Instagram's powerful. It was seamless, easy to create the account, to pick up the followers, because I believe the way it worked is we all get the same Instagram followers that we have on Instagram, on 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 threads, and threads works like Twitter, so it's easy. And I noticed everyone tried to be real pithy and clever and witty and funny in their tweets. And um, yeah, how long will that last? Um, you know, 
It's another social media platform. Kudos, because you know I'm bullish on social media. More platforms, the better. Bring them on. But to say that one, in this case Threads, is going to bring down another, in this case Twitter, that's been around for 15 or so years. I don't know the exact, um, but that's a good approximation, but it might be 16 or 17 years. But a long time has Twitter been around, and I've been on it since the beginning. I should know when it was born. Um, But I think I've been on it like 15 years, and I've used Twitter almost day in and day out since I jumped on it, and I'm loyal to Twitter, and I need to know threads because I'm in the business. Maybe threads will take off, maybe, in a big way. Yeah, again, fastest growing app in history, 100 million plus users, new users, wow, 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 big stuff, made news, headlines everywhere. You know, maybe it will take uh, users away from Twitter. Maybe it will, you know, dethrone Twitter, I don't know. But right now, I really don't care because I'm not jumping from Twitter. I don't think anyone, you know, I have too much equity in Twitter. I think anyone who has been using it from day one will stick with it through thick and thin. That's how, you know, it's one of the the the, the foundational platforms of social media. You know, it's, you know, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, I guess TikTok now and, and Snap or Snapchat is still in there and there's there's the, uh, you know, there's blogging, there's podcasting, there's Twitch, you know, live streaming. But we shouldn't worry, is what I'd say when we talk about social media, so much about the platforms as the principles, okay? And what I'm saying there is creating content, sharing content, engaging with others day in and day out. That is social media. Where you do it, you know, I'm agnostic to a degree. I do it everywhere. And I do believe in spreading myself thin, and I recommend that to clients. Sure, if your clients, your own clients and customers and constituents and contacts, your followers, your fans, your friends, your audience in general, if they're not on certain platforms and you're doing it for business, don't waste your time being there. But generally speaking, I'm saying be on as many platforms as possible so that you know them, the platforms, you know how to do them, and you become accustomed to creating content and sharing content and engaging with others. Because the more you do that, the more it becomes an extension of yourself. And I'm talking about yourself as a personal or a corporate brand. I'm talking about whoever uses social media. The more you do it, the more it becomes natural. And it's communication and communication and listening And learning, not just putting it out there, but receiving it, is so, so important. I mean, in real life, IRL. So here we have this technology that allows us to concurrently do what is so, so important in life, and that is community, communications, listening, learning, coming together. If more of us did that, and obviously an awful lot of us already are doing that, and I mean social media, think of... Everybody was doing that. Everyone knew how to do it. There was no misunderstanding with regard to social media. That's what I wish. I wish it was taught opposite of how some towns, some states, some, I don't know, countries, governments are banning certain social media channels, not allowing 
young students to go there. I think it should be within reason. It needs to be the guidelines, but I think it should be taught at a young level so that we know how to communicate with technology because technology is not going anywhere. Technology is only going to increase in its predominance over our lives. Okay? It's going to become only more prevalent. Okay? More pervasive. Okay? So why aren't we thinking embrace it? Like I said, with regard to chat GPT and AI, embrace it. It's our future. Okay? It's how we communicate and we can use it for good, not bad, for positive, not negative, for peace and love, not war. Okay? If more people know how to use it, bring people together. Sure, there's going to be some negativity and some conflict and some dissent. That's life. Maybe we learn how to deal with that, too, a lot better than we already deal with it. So, back to threats specifically. Learn it. It's not hard to learn. If you know Twitter, you'll learn threads very, very quickly. Sure, have a presence, establish a presence. Maybe you spend more time there. See how it works for you. But I wouldn't put too much stock in a platform that is almost identical to another that's been around for like 15 years. And just because Twitter's going, you know, up to its ups and downs and who it's owned by, you might have different, you know, you might have certain feelings about, you know, we don't pay attention that much to the owners of certain companies in general, whether you like Elon Musk or not. He's the richest person in the world, right? I think that's the case. Um, he owns Twitter, and it could be someone else owning Twitter a few years from now, a few months from now. I'm loyal to Twitter is what I'm saying, and I trust in Twitter. And if nothing else, I put so much time and effort into it and have so much equity there. That's where I'm going to focus my efforts if it was Twitter versus threads. But I doesn't mean I'm not trying threads a little bit. Establishing a presence there, and I don't encourage you to do the same. And if you like threads better, you know, go with it. See, see what it does for you. But it takes a long time, I tell you from experience, to build up a good audience and a presence and a reputation on a platform. Hey, that means for some of you, if you don't have that reputation on a platform at all, Here's your chance. You got a blank slate in front of you. Um, Use it to your advantage. So my social media channels, that's kind of where I'm going to go from there in general. I probably am on every social media channel in terms of all the biggies, not including Snapchat, not including um, Twitch um, or Reddit, you know, there's some I don't use at all, but I'll try to cover them all, remember them all right here. LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. I hope I didn't miss any. The biggies, I am on at least once a week and in some cases many times a week. So Twitter, handful of times a day. Facebook, probably once a day at least. LinkedIn, once, twice a week, average probably once a week. Instagram, several times a week. YouTube, yeah, YouTube once or twice a week. Um, what did I miss? There's probably one I missed there, overlooked. 
Hmm. YouTube. I'm almost at 900 videos on YouTube. Can you believe it? I ask myself that question a lot. Can you believe it, Bob? You've created that many videos. And you only have... <laughs> I Let's put it this way. I have fewer subscribers than I have videos. Hmm. What's with that? I haven't optimized my YouTube channel as well as I could, but I certainly have populated it probably better than most individuals. And I mean, I'm guessing, I'm betting I've populated better than most individuals have in terms of how many videos compared to how many subscribers. Almost 900 videos. 350 approximately. 300 plus videos that are motivational. 300 plus videos that are social media oriented, orientated. And I am not stopping. No end in sight. I love creating videos. I love short form video, but I also do some longer videos. For instance, this could be one. This could be put up on YouTube. Um, sometimes I do put up my, my podcast recordings, video recordings on YouTube. What about you? How often do you go to YouTube and do you have your own YouTube account? And if not, why not? It's a great place to archive your videos. Then slice and dice them, edit them, clip them, and share highlights across social media, other channels. So that's all I want to say about that. But look me up and, and let me know what you think of my videos and let me know about your videos. I love sharing other people's content. Glad to share your content. Glad to connect with you anywhere on social media. Hey, I went to church the other day. <laughs> Do go from time to time. It's in Franklin. I'm in Sudbury, so it's a little bit of a drive. It's the same church that I went to as a kid. I am a member of this church, the Franklin United Methodist Church, Pastor Jacob. My mom, who's 92, is an avid churchgoer every Sunday, occasionally, rarely, but occasionally, you know. Once in a while, she may miss church, but she, other, you know, but in most cases, she's there every Sunday. And was she ever there this past Sunday, as was my wife and I in a very front row seat, very excited to be sitting in that front row seat to see my mom deliver a reflection, the equivalent of the sermon, and to read one of her poems. And mom, I'm so proud of you. You were awesome. You were ridiculously awesome. This church service was very, very special. Yes. To be there in person, my wife and I, to see my mom help out Jacob, Pastor Jacob, who couldn't be there that day. So she really was the backup to him or the replacement for him that day in leading the service. And mom, you couldn't have done a better job. You were awesome, ridiculously awesome. I'm so proud of you. The reflection you delivered and the poem you read. Applause, applause, kudos, props, congrats to you, Mum. And congrats to the church for embracing technology and sharing, not just this past Sundays, but uh, for a long time now, they've been sharing their sermons, their, their services on YouTube Live and on Google Meet Live 
and snippets now is Pastor Jacob sharing on social media. He's taking highlights from the service, clipping them into short highlights, snippets, and sharing them on, say, Instagram and Facebook. And I am so impressed, Pastor Jacob, with how you do that. That's social media. That's the church expanding its reach, making church available to those who can't be there in person, in real life, IRL, making church available on social media. That's how you take advantage of technology. I am so, so impressed. I think that is a case study. The Franklin United Methodist Church is a case study. Yes, best practices, an example. Pastor Jacob and the Franklin United Methodist Church is an example of how you take an in-person event, broadcast it live, okay, to YouTube, Google Meet, and then share clips of it. So it's on then YouTube in perpetuity, if you will. People can go back there and watch it whenever they want. It's archived there. And there are highlights, snippets shared later on that are shared on different social media platforms. I think Instagram and Facebook specifically. But that is awesome. That's how any brand or business can do it. That's how any church or temple, religious institution can do it. Any institution, period, any business brand, organization, period, any individual. You can take an in-person event, something in real life, IRL, using technology, using social media, share it with a bigger audience, an exponentially larger audience, reach more people. That's why I love social media. That's why I love the internet. That's why I love technology and encourage it. Encourage its use so much. Encourage you to embrace it and use it to your advantage because you're reaching more people. You're helping more people. You're educating more people. You're informing more people. You're entertaining more people. You're connecting with more people. You're building a bigger, ideally better community. Kudos, props, congrats to you, Pastor Jacob, and the United Methodist Church in Franklin, Massachusetts. Yay, yay, yay. Props, props, props. Three cheers. Yay, yay, yay. So, only a couple more things. I'm going to wind things down. Personal branding's one of the last couple of things I want to talk about. In my classes, just a few weeks ago, we wound down at Northeastern where I was teaching one course in digital era skills and one course in social media. We talked a lot about personal branding and, and the other courses I teach at at all the different schools, marketing and social media. We talk a lot about personal branding, and this applies to people early in their professional journeys as well as people anywhere in any stage in their professional journeys. The importance of using social media, of having a LinkedIn profile, of having a presence on social media such that people see you on a regular basis, kind of like, kind of sort of like I was saying how many times I share content on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, blogs, podcasts, live, recorded, text, pictures, video. To build a personal brand, to establish oneself as a thought leader, sharing content regularly is important because future employers, prospective employers, 
whether you're looking for an internship, a job, a new job, a promotion. They're going to look at your presence on social media and perhaps form a judgment. Okay? Perhaps get to know you before they meet you in person. Perhaps be so impressed with you that they hire you on the spot, give you that promotion on the spot, that internship on the spot, just because of what they see, you know, the, the videos you've recorded, the podcasts you've, you've hosted, the articles you've written and shared. That's thought leadership. That's personal branding. That's people getting to know you. Parasocial relationships is that call. They get to know you without actually knowing you such that they feel like they're friends with you, acquaintances, connections, colleagues, so that when you do meet them in real life, it becomes that much more easier to connect with them for mutual benefit. Okay? Personal branding, I can't emphasize the importance of that enough. As soon as you're close to embarking on your college journey, okay, your higher educational journey. So freshman in college, start working on your LinkedIn profile. Start learning how to create content. Start your own blog like I did in 2004, a long time ago, almost 20 years ago. Start your own blog, writing articles. Start your own YouTube channel. Try to catch up with me, (laughs) who has almost 900 videos. Start recording videos on a regular basis, okay? Start streaming live. Host a podcast. Engage with people on social media. Learn from others on social media. That will eventually be packaged as your personal brand and your reputation as a thought leader, and that will help you professionally, first and foremost. But let's think about this. As people, as human beings, our friends, our relatives, our family members, Look forward to seeing us on social media. We like to see others on social media. When Mark Zuckerberg founded Facebook on the campus of Harvard University, how many years ago? I don't know, 20 plus years ago or so, 2004, I think it started. I couldn't join then because it was only available to college students. I joined as soon as I could around 2006. He said something like, something like, Jesse Eisenberg played Mark Zuckerberg in that movie, what, The Network or The Social Network, all about the founding of Facebook. And he said, people like to see pictures of people. We're going to call it the Facebook. Something like that. People do like to see others. They like to see pictures of others, videos, people talking like me, smiling like me. We like to see others in person, of course, but that's not always possible. So that's why there's social media. Let's take advantage of social media. Let me encourage you to take advantage of social media. People will be happy to see you on social media, to hear from you on social media. So the personal branding, specifically that part, when I was talking about that, that's for professional reasons. But just putting yourself out there on social media, I'm talking personal reasons and professional reasons, but personal branding, specifically thought leadership, specifically, that's professional reasons. Social media for professional purposes. Social media for personal reasons is so your family, your friends, your neighbors, okay, your colleagues a little bit, can see you on a regular basis so they know what you're up to. 
and so that we can stay in touch when staying in touch in person isn't possible. That's social media. That's technology. That's using it for a good reason because we can feel closer to others and actually be closer to others, therefore know what's going on in each other's lives, and that makes us happy. (laughs) That releases endorphins. Endorphins make us smile. (laughs) People like to be happy. People like to see each other, especially people they know. Okay, They like to watch them grow. They like to watch them and see the different things that they're doing in their lives and how happy they are in their lives and know when they're not so happy in life so that they can be there for them. Social media, that's the social in social media. I'll end with that. Boom! (laughs) Mic drop. I can't drop my mic. It's expensive and it's actually tethered to this, uh, I don't know what you call this, some device holding on to my mic um, that's attached to my desk and then, as I told you, my phone's right here recording on Podbean. The audio version of this podcast will be available soon. And it is 4.46 p.m. Eastern Time, to be exact. So maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. But within the next 24 to 72 hours or so, I imagine the audio version of this recording will be available as episode 174, Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. Yes, my podcast that I started over five years ago. I'm recording this live on Facebook. Anybody could be watching now. Anybody could be watching later. I'm recording it on my business page, but I'll share it probably on my personal page and on my group, Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. That is the video version. And frankly, if I can download it, I'll share it to YouTube. Okay, we're at 45 minutes, so it's about right that I could talk that long about a variety of things. I jotted down a number of topics regarding marketing, social media, even including my, my, where are we going? Here we are, my, my broken in two places ring finger on my right hand. Six weeks ago from this Friday, so almost six weeks ago it was, that I fell running in the woods. It was raining, it was pouring, it was thundering, it was lightning-ing, and it was dangerous. And I was trying to get out of the woods, and I jumped over a flooded trail and fell hard. Hey, no pain, no gain. I love my running. We all need our activities, our exercise, our recreation, and my running is just that. That's my outlet. And this is an outlet. This is a professional outlet. I love podcasting. I love social media. And I love helping. So if I can help you, I mean it. Truly, if I can help you, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can reach out to me anywhere on social. You can look me up easily. Find me. Connect with me, Bob Cargill. And I'm glad to help. I'm glad to be a sounding board for you, to be a mentor to you. I teach at, at three different schools in Boston, Suffolk University, Northeastern University, Mass College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. And I do do some consulting. I'm the president of the American Marketing Association's Boston chapter. Love that role. Love that responsibility. It's a lot of responsibility, but it's a great pleasure uh, and an honor. I'm happy and honored to be president um, of AMA Boston. I hope to see you. I hope to talk to you. I hope to hear from you one way or another. Okay? And I hope, as I started the show, I hope you are happy, healthy, safe, and sound. That's most important to me. And it should be most important to all of us that we ourselves are happy, healthy, safe, and sound, and that those around us are happy, healthy, 
safe and sound. Episode 174 of Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. Have you been listening to? Have you been watching? Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And we will talk to you again soon.